1: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. When we think about our later years, we know that because we're living longer these days, we need to create a realistic financial plan for retirement to make sure we don't run out of money. But we still have a hard time talking about how to deal with long-term care needs, even though the data show that two-thirds of us will need some sort of care after age 65. And we also have trouble facing the fact that our adult children often become the caretakers and decision-makers for aging parents, and that a lack of planning can ruin our families. In today's episode, Carol Golden, a renowned expert in the field of extended and long-term care planning, offers a pragmatic but personal and refreshingly accessible approach to this complicated and emotional subject. Carol is the author of How Not to Pull Your Family Apart, a Practical Guide to Caregiving and Financial Stability. She'll spell out her three-step guide that provides a multi-generational approach to proactive planning, enabling families to gather information, put together a planning process, and structure a care planning team. Ultimately, Carol's goal is to help us avoid the hand-wringing of uncertainty and live our best possible lives as we age. So now let's meet our guest, Carol Golden. Carol, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for inviting me, Ron.
1: It's really a pleasure. Um, So I've read your book, and we'll get into that detail soon. Uh, it's a great one. Um, uh, now, uh, but before we, we dive into that, um, you know, I know that you have considerable expertise, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, across multiple disciplines. You have lots of credentials. You have, I think, seven initials, <laughs> acronyms after your name. Uh, so let me just ask you, uh, you, so you have experience in a wide number of areas, but how, what drew you to this particular field, um, financial planning and specifically long-term care planning?
2: Well, you know, actually, um, I started off as a translator, so Hmm. French, English, and I started to realize how carefully people's language indicates a lot more than what they're saying. For example, the difference between I could have, I would have, and I should have. All of them indicate a very different point uh, in a journey of where they are or where they've been. And I moved from that into uh, financial planning because the firm that I was working with did a lot of estate planning. And so I started to realize that when you have um, a legacy that you want to leave, it doesn't matter whether it has monetary value, but it does take some planning, no matter. And so that got me into the financial planning industry. And for the seven or eight, I have not even listed them all. You know what that tells you, Ron? It tells you, I am a person who likes to learn. So I will take uh, designations. uh, When I give CE classes, I look for feedback. Because none of us should ever stop really learning. Especially about something that's new to the generation. Longevity. Extended care—that's kind of a new topic. Most of us probably uh, just took care of our parents and didn't think about exhausting ourselves or our finances.
1: Right, right. You know, I, I love these stories. I mean, I, the fact that you came out of translation—I think is—I think a lot is learned from languages. I don't think people think about them, especially multiple languages. So, I love the fact that you came out of that and and. Um, and the fact that um you know extended long-term player planning short-term planning um is a complicated subject it does require constant you know cons- constant sort of renewal and learning so that's that's terrific that uh, that that's your mindset so um one of the things that i know that you've talked about is is the problematic term long-term care you know it scares people it's ill-defined or well there are many possible definitions um, so, so, talk to me a little bit about how you see the problem of this term.
2: Well, I think because I've been in the industry so long, um cutting my teeth with the intercompany long term care conference uh twenty two years ago, um I started to realize that as there was mispricing of some of the traditional policies, um you know our Our news reporting, et cetera, can be a little bit negative (laughs) or a lot negative. Mm -hmm. And they kept landing on the difficulties instead of how many people were benefiting from what was called long term care insurance. Right. And as we just mentioned, being a person who's very sensitive to words, when I started talking to people about extended care needs, um, they were more comfortable with it because long term, Care had become synonymous with nursing homes, mm-hmm. endgame, etc. And I, I really felt that by talking about limited, short-term care, etc, I could get the conversation at least started. So that was a key. Uh, the words we use, as I said, really can stop the conversation or get people willing to ask questions or for information. So I stopped using long-term care.
1: Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's become part of the the vernacular. Um, A lot of people, I had a uh, recent um, conversation uh, interviewing a a local um, politician running for office, and he was talking about uh, the long-term care system is in crisis. And there are lots of things that are in crisis there are lots of there's lots of patchwork, but I think again um the way you, you underline that first of all what what is long term it's really i think I think you're going to with a little diligence you will be able to change the language talk about extended because that's what it really is right it's not it it's just that it's not um it's not the same as um uh care. Which comes out of rehab. So that's the difference. I mean, it it requires, it's a different kind of care and it's often not covered by Medicare. But it doesn't really explain very much if you just say long term care.
2: No. And as I said, because people think that Medicare or Medicaid covers it, they think talking about it, well, why don't I just wait till I'm on Medicare or I qualify for Medicaid? And that leads to a lack of planning. The other thing, Um, I would say that society in general, when you look at the billions that are spent on cosmetics and that's men and women, by the way, the billions that are spent on plastic surgery, dieting, uh, fitness is good, but quite often it's dieting. We are a society, unlike some of the other societies, we don't value aging, Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody, including yours truly, wants gray hair because that's a signal that, well, you're kind of at that unnamed phase, as I called it in the book, because you're not quite retired or you are retired. And like you and I, you're still doing, you're still contributing. So I think getting away from long term, which is it, it isn't, um, it isn't always long-term. Sometimes your need literally, and we'll talk about that when we get to some of the products, can be done by a supplemental product. Your issue may be that you fear cancer, but you're not thinking about rehabs or not being able to handle uh, cooking or cleaning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think some of the um, emotional components, as I mentioned in my introduction, was are, are also um, newer to a lot of you know families, especially you know, now I think it's you know, we do have uh, you know, a lot of people understand the sandwich generation, um, uh, but they don't like to think about it, you know, they don't like to think about what is often referred to as you know, role reversal, or you know, now you're taking care of your parents and you're doing it, you know, out of a sense of love and an obligation, <laughs> um, and often necessity. Um, so we don't like to think about that too, because it's it's disruptive. It's like, well, why I wasn't thinking about this, you know, and it comes in some cases, especially since um a lot of um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people are getting married later, so their parents are older when they're in the middle of their, you know, lifespan and with their kids. um, so it's it's, um, it's a challenge for them. And um, and as I think before, too, you mentioned that it sort of it sets off this trigger of like, okay, we're on the road to mortality. <laughs> but it may be a long way off, but you just may need some help in the, me- in the meantime.
2: Well, sometimes I think they think by not talking about it, it pushes it off. But you bring up a good point. Um, I saw your interview with uh, Carol Morak. Marek on Mm -hmm. solo solo aging. So I think that that brings up a good point that you now have elder orphans. What if you have remarriages now, instead of four parents, there may be six parents because even though you got divorced, maybe you have children by your first marriage, that's their grandparents. So again, it's it's uh, it goes from one extreme, never having married, having no children, and maybe being a little displaced because of your work, so you don't have a great big support system, all the way to multiple families and multiple sandwiches. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm talking with a client, and I'll say, "This sounds more like a club sandwich than <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, exactly different. exactly right." And in the book, the third book, at any rate. I was interviewing someone and she was all set with her parents. They had a plan for her to take care of them. her husband's family. On the other hand, turned out his father had a stroke and so she became his caregiver. And then when her parents needed care, she, she couldn't quite juggle everything. Right. So it's um, the whole multi-generational thing. And that's why I made the book multi-generational, because that is reality.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it gets complicated because, uh, you know, it often starts out as same generational. It's one spouse taking care of the other. And then, it, you know, sometimes one spouse passes away and then you have a single spouse that then, you know, it tra- it transitions into one way or the other into a multi-generational you know, effort. And, um,
2: and and that's just what it is. And there's a lot of silver divorce as well.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: No matter what, this person winds up alone. um, And that wasn't necessarily their plan. And the whole situation, I think, is exacerbated by caregivers, the lack thereof. We're not formally trained. The ones who are formally trained have left a lot of the industry. We all are aware that COVID took a lot of our doctors, nurses, uh, homemakers, home health care aides out of the industry. Right. And we have quite the shortage now. So if you don't have, and even if you do have family support, there's that outside uh, situation, which is the reason I say to people, look, you know, planning doesn't mean that you expect a role reversal. Maybe your parents would prefer to know that you will supervise somebody who is coming in. But unless you talk about it, you don't have a plan. Right. Not having a plan, not a good thing.
1: (laughs) Not a good thing. Can't emphasize that enough. Um, And, uh, and one of the things I've found interesting too, is that while you're working on the third book now, but this, the book that I uh, looked at, uh, which is, um, you know, uh, how not to pull your family apart is actually the second of two, right? you, The first one um, you wrote for professionals in the field. Is that right?
2: I did because um, I'm the executive director of the National, um, well, NAFA, National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. And as I was working with the various uh, specialty centers, that's what I work with at NAFA, I started to realize that a lot of professionals who don't specialize in that area, but they have clients who might say to them, uh, what do you think if I sell my business or I do a merger and I have the buy-sell, could I could I use some of that to protect? You know, just in case I get sick. They were getting those questions and they didn't have any any place to to go for the answers. It's a complicated book. There's 93 footnotes. Wow. I talked about a health savings account versus uh, something. uh, I gave websites and references. The second book, a lot of the FAs said, um, I'd like to just send a book to my clients, but not with all of the professional information that gave birth. To the second book,
1: yeah, that's interesting because it does. So your your role is really education on two sides of the fence, you know. And I think that it's needed on both sides. I think that uh, obviously the consumer, family, uh, caregivers don't need a lot of the technical expertise that the professionals do, but they need enough to be able to have a conversation with them and to know what they're what's being offered to them. So I think that's a.
2: What questions to ask. Right. So the second book, How Not to Pull Your Family Apart, a practical guide, was so that all the different, because there's four generations, all the different ones that were reading it could identify with one of the characters. Right. And say, Am I the caregiver? Am I the one who's going to support the caregiver? Right. Am I the care recipient? And do I know where the money is going to come from, where the help is going to come from? My child lives out of state.
1: Right. And I think, so that's a dimension that I think is important given your financial expertise, because people don't realize that there is a cost to this when they're figuring out their retirement costs. They don't factor in um, care costs long-term or just extended, you know, that they don't think about that. And I think that um, I read recently that, um, I think obviously it's an average, but on average, um, a lot of um, adult children uh, working with their parents or or other loved ones does not be their parents end up spending about eight thousand dollars a year out of out of pocket they can, you know, for for care needs. So they need to think about that as part of, the, and then they need to think about that in terms of their own care later on. So it becomes a multi generational, you know, financial. Uh, you know, question.
2: And when you're not talking, others are worrying. Mm. Uh, As you said, the whole role reversal, especially if there's children. Right. Then the financial really starts to pinch. Right. Right. And in the book, I tried to say, you know, there's lots of different avenues. Right. Not just insurance, because many people are not insurable. Right. Right.
1: So we're going to talk a lot more about these various options and about um, the approaches people could take. Uh, But we do need to take a a short break. Um, When we come back, though, uh, don't go away. We'll be talking much more with Carol Golden, an expert in the field of extended care planning. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts
0: today our 40s sit firmly in midlife we are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead but now is the best time to plan for our future life listen for 45 forward with host ron roel from retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents no topic is off the table We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Boroughs and burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, We press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burroughs and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward.
1: Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Carol Golden, uh, an extended care, long-term care planning expert, and the author of How Not to Pull Your Family Apart, A Practical Guide to Caregiving and Financial Stability. Now, before we dive back into the book, uh, um, which is her second book, but also she's got another one on the way. We'll talk more about that later. But I just wanted to have Carol talk a little bit more about her role uh, with NAFA uh, and how, it, how that fits into her overall work, even though you may not be aware of it yourself, how important it is as an organization.
2: Well, thank you, Ron. And um, fortunately, about a uh, little more than six years ago, the CEO, Kevin Mayo, came to me and asked me to start a center, uh, a specialty center dealing with extended care. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And um, I started to, I asked why, and NAFA has, uh, NAFA's, most of their membership are Main Street USA agents. So they are the man who's, got the office down the street from you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: as a result, many of their clients would say, hey, what's this I hear about this long-term care thing and so on and so forth. So we discovered that many specialists and many consumers who simply work with them needed more information. And we felt that by providing the specialty center, we have five of them, executive benefits, um, advanced practices, it allows an advisor a trusted resource where he knows he will not misinform his client. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to have somebody as a specialist, there's somebody that can do that. As you said, Ron, this is a difficult topic. And it's for that reason that NAFA has the five Centers so that whatever whatever the whatever is stopping the consumer Mm -hmm. from working through an issue, we try to respond. And now with our merger with the Society of Financial Service Professionals, that's just more really high level education. Mm -hmm. That's what they do; they educate. And now we have Life Happens, who does videos for consumers hmm. and again this is just to help consumers know what questions to ask
1: yeah where can you find that carol The life happens
2: oh you can you can find all of this at um naifa, N-A-I-F-A dot org o-r-g right and yeah. that's where um you can go we you can always reach out to me at C Golden, meaning see the letter, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cgolden at NAFA.org. We have a membership person who can at least help you after you let me know. Right. What is it that we can do to help?
1: Yeah. I think it is important to know about these uh, kinds of expertise. I mean, certainly with respect to, you know, elder law attorneys, you know, they have special designations and training they're real estate uh, senior real estate specialists, so it's important for people as they get into this to to ask their financial advisors: Are you involved in this organization? Do you have any recommendations for this kind of um, uh, needs that I have? So uh, you need all the help you can get, and and uh, <laughs> and and well, people, you know, as I've uh, mentioned to my audience, you know, I've um, just published a caregiving navigator for family caregivers on Long Island. Um, I wanted to do something that had uh, a local um, references to resources and and some substantial national ones as well. But one of the things that I've, you know, come to understand as you have, people come to you and they're like, I don't know where to start. So this is a good basis to start, you know, and so I'm I'm really glad to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. So let's now let's uh, get into the book. Um, as, as we mentioned before, this is the second book uh, really, um, you know, targeted for the consumer. And I, I like your approach that you basically walk people through with a family, you know, a story of a family. I think stories often stick with people better than just straight explanations of things. So uh, take us through, though, you, you outlined three basic steps. So let's go through these steps.
2: Okay. One of the reasons that um, I created the steps was uh, in thanks to a friend, Betty Meredith, who runs the retirement research um, uh, speakers. And she said to me, you know, people need a roadmap. It, It is a terribly difficult topic. So I started to think through that and I thought, you know, it doesn't matter. I... I didn't know but to name the steps, um, and it doesn't matter what order, because let's say the first step, which is creating the care guide. And people go, uh, "No, nobody's going to share their information." Hmm. And I said, "That'll lead to the third book, and it did lead to a third book, overcoming hmm. those challenges and objections. But I said, "Well, then when you do a care guide. You don't do it for just one person. Mm -hmm. Ron doesn't do it. Carol doesn't do it. I do it. My children do it. Mm -hmm. My parents do it. That takes the emphasis off. Well, you're getting old and we need to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not what a care guide necessarily is in my vernacular. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's a crisis situation, the care guide's going to help. Talk a
1: little bit about what that really is. What is the care guide?
2: The care guide includes information you fill in as you go, mm-hmm. or frankly, if you're, you know, knowing you have signs of, of needing to get on with the planning, it includes what legal documents do I need? Is mm-hmm. there a difference between a uh, health care directive? Uh, so when my daughter goes to the bank and needs to write a check and they go, well, who are you? We, <laughs> we don't have permission. Right. But I have the directive. Yeah, that's healthcare. So it includes a whole list of documents that you probably need to have immediately. Uh, so every person in the family needs those documents. Again, mm-hmm. taking the care guide focus off, you're about to um, get old and decrepit. No, this is not that. There is medical information. And the way I like to approach it is to say... Ron, tell us about your dad. And your sons will go, I, I need to know about grandpa because things skip generations. Again, mm-hmm. taking the emphasis off, oh, you're getting old, you're getting old. So this care guide is more what I like to call a family treasure. Mm-hmm. Because if there is an emergency, your doctors are listed. How about passcodes, Ron? Can mm-hmm. you imagine if something happens you want your family to help, but they can't get into anything because they don't have your passcodes. Right. So it includes passcodes, doctors, the names of a friend who lives nearby in case I'm a long-distance caregiver. So you can see this care guide is a family treasure. It's just an accumulation of multiple generations information. And it's easier to talk about because you're not seeing well, you know, you're getting old, Dan. No, this is for a twenty-year-old, so right. that, well, your sons are not living at home. You need you need this information, and it's easier to do it starting early and keep collecting. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's 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 also yeah starting early because um, it you may need it sooner than you think. Things happen, and. Um, I have a a brother who is uh, actually caring for an older man now um, and who's in the sixties, but he actually has needed caregiving since his thirties because he got into a, an accident and, you know, you know, and, and has been disabled and, you know, or um, for many, many years. So these things happen. So it's, you shouldn't say, well, I, I don't need this now. Yes, Mm -hmm. you do.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not only that, but, If you're you're saying to to a parent, I want you to share some medical information. I have a friend, um, Martha Underwood. She created an app that speaks to this care guide Mm. uh, called Get Prism, P-R-I-S-M-M. Why? Because in that app, you can put the information in, and she built in triggers. Mm. So... If your mom or dad or son says, "I'm not sharing anything like that with you," well, you don't have to. This has built-in triggers. You get in an accident, uh, something happens, the trigger goes. That's when I get the information. That's a very settling way to hmm. do a care guide.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Get present. So
2: technology is is got to be helpful here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it can be intimidating, but it can be very helpful.
2: In so this we, case, it's it's helpful because it eliminates that. Uh, I don't I don't want to share that with you until I have to. Right, right, And that's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So now that's step one. Anything more there, or should we can we go on to step two?
2: Well, well, there. You know, you will be listing. Uh, how many times, Ron, have we heard? Uh, because a lot of the NAFA uh, people sell life insurance. And something happens and the family doesn't even know where the life insurance is, what company it's with. Many people who have life insurance at work, if you ask them, what's the group policy that you, you know, you, I, I don't know. So it, it's as much information as would be helpful for you to be taking care in a situation where you still want to stay in control. And unless they have that information, you lose control. You can't can't use your assets. You can't release health information. So it's understanding that the care guide is your tool. It is really what unburdens other family members. Who wants to make a decision? You know, extended care. This person's going to be okay eventually and- what kind of decisions did you make? So, yes, there is more, but I think it's okay for us to move on to step two. Okay. I think I think you see how different my concept is of yeah. care.
1: Yeah, yeah. And people can get the book. We'll tell them later how to get it. <laughs> right. They can get this information in more detail. So, okay, step two, what you call the care squad.
2: Right. And the reason I do that is from personal experience. When something happened in a crisis situation, um, I had a client who I went to visit and she said, I hate to say this, but my sons are driving me nuts. They come in and, and they want to do everything. They take all the oxygen out of the room. And I thought, you know, if people have a responsibility to act, to do X. They do it. When they don't, they act out. They're emotionally overwrought. They don't know they want to do everything, but they don't know how to do anything. So the care squad simply says, you don't live close by, but you're important. You can take care of the electronic billing. Don't worry about flying here and standing in the room and worrying about the expense of not working and flying, etc. So the care squad simply takes people and says, what works with your lifestyle so mm-hmm. that we aren't tearing the lifestyle of the caregivers, of the family members apart? Because this client of mine said to me, I feel so guilty. And I thought, oh, that's awful. But they didn't know what to do. So that's a very simple thing to do. You ask what their strength is. If they're a person who's living by, it's this. If they are a person who wants to call everyone in the family, that's their role. Keeping Mm -hmm. people updated. And it it really avoids chaos.
1: Yeah, it does. And it avoids um, a lot of tensions. uh, between frequently siblings, right? Because often, uh, you know, they're, they're and sometimes, you know, it's probably good in many cases to have a primary uh, designated person to coordinate things. It often falls to um, a daughter unnecessarily. My family, we didn't, they weren't daughters, they were just sons. But nevertheless, um, figuring out um, how, you know, as you said, how how's everyone can be involved so that, recognizing people aren't going to be involved the same way. Um, but even people at a distance in, in my family, I've mentioned this before in previous conversations, people, you know, three of us were local. But my oldest brother was a, uh, an ophthalmologist uh, in South Carolina. So he's not going to be local, but he's a doctor. He has a lot of expertise and was very helpful when we came up with medical decisions, just running it by him and getting his perspective on it, which we did not have. So everyone can make a contribution. And I think it's in some people call this sort of building a a circle, a caregiving circle around the person. Right. And, and some places, you know, you have to get that the care recipients um, uh, input as to how they want to work with people too. Right. And who they prefer to do certain things. So, Already, you know, you, the financial person, I'm sure, involved in a lot of these decisions and helping guide people through.
2: Yes, I would agree, and uh, there's there's going to be tension because there's illness, etc., and it's scary. But when you when you are not excluded, that that works, especially if the client um, has an issue with one of the children. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to know that you need so that you don't wind up thinking that you can depend on someone for something that is not in their skill set right the care squad lets you become more familiar even if you're the executor for a parent your view of your sibling is different than their view of their son or their daughter and the care squad lets them Uh, Let you know what they think is going to work, not necessarily what you might have done.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it gets tricky for you. I'm sure, you know, understanding, well, okay, who's the client here? Well, you know who the client is, but sometimes the client's family (laughs) thinks they're the client. And you've got to basically disabuse them of that notion and get them to work together. Um, so, now we have one more, uh, you know, step—a care planning team—and uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But we've, uh, rather than breaking into that segment, I'm just going to take a break now, uh, and then uh, remind people that when we come back, there's there's one there's a lot more to talk about in our final segment with Carol Golden, an expert in the field of extended care planning. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience.
0: self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
3: It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley.
0: now back to 45 Forward.
1: Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Carol Golden, a long-term and extended care planning expert and the author of How Not to Tear Your Family Apart and How Not to Pull Your Family Apart. Um, and before the break, we were talking about some of the steps that Carol was describing in her book, last in her latest book, about how not to do that to pull her family. So the step one was creating a care guide. Step two, a care squad step 3 a care planning team which we'll now talk about that care planning team and then have her talk about how these steps relate to each other so let's just let's talk about step 3 and then all the steps together
2: well step 3 um sometimes you have somebody who wants to stay in control of what's going to happen with their care um or you you have a family where the agent or the agency uh, or the CPA or their attorney can kind of lead a discussion. So I like to call step three um, the discovery uh, step. Hmm. So this care planning team, it doesn't matter how you define team. It can be dad wanting to talk to his buddies at golf about, hey, what what are you going to do Uh, your wife going to take care of you? Can she lift you out of a bed? My gosh, the guy asked me the other day. So this team, the purpose of it is to discover. We're not talking about one solution. I think there are 15 different solutions, Hmm. approaches, options, because you don't know. You don't know the family story. You don't know the individual story. So it, covers insurance especially you know these new hybrids Mm -hmm. but there are plenty of mergers and acquisitions boomers are aging and wanting to retire so sometimes it's a question of i have a buy sell agreement there's a million dollars worth of life insurance there i don't need it anymore because i'm not Today's life settlements very different from a viatical settlement, where you expect the person to pass. Um, we have sponsors who do these life settlements of repositioning the life insurance, and sometimes you reposition to include extended care, long-term care. Mm-hmm. Um, twelve million—I'm sorry—it's twelve trillion—is caught up in home ownership in the boomer generation and Mm -hmm. so on down the line. Maybe today's reverse mortgages that are government insured. So you never lose the house. Right. Well, that's one of the solutions in the book because the grandparents own their home and so on and so forth. Um, short-term care, how that isn't a solution for people who don't have longevity in their family. I'll never know. It's also a good stopgap in case, you know, there's a policy with a long elimination period or Mm -hmm. something like that. There's supplemental. What if the focus, the worry for the family is the history of cancer comes out in the care guide. And you realize that as an Family member, you go, you know, that's what dad's worried about. So maybe you look at that. I've had clients, uh, I can think of one, Suzanne. She has two boys who both play college lacrosse. Mm -hmm. She's more concerned about an accident for one of them. Um, Hospital indemnity. Um, The confusion that people have about Medicare and Medicaid and what it does and does not do. Uh, for the very younger, there's term insurance policies that have an endorsement for long-term care. There's lots of, lots of different solutions that don't involve insurance uh, where it is equity that, that you already have. So the whole idea of the care planning team is to assign someone to do a little homework. little easy to do homework nowadays and you can have a you know maybe your cpa maybe your agent maybe a family member um a financial advisor can can be the um mentor of the group now what i have found really works ron Mm -hmm. is you make it a little fun so in the book for example i don't remember who was running that particular um session, because there's Zoom sessions, because not everybody lives together. Um, she asks um, how many uh, counties there are in where she lives. And they all guess, and there's a winner. Hmm. The other thing is, if you have younger people, um, and they go, you know, I, I don't have any interest in this. Well, okay, let's go to one of the 10 sites that are out there that can estimate our longevity. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a lot of fun to tell you the truth. You look at that and you say, "Eh, I think I need to do a little more planning than (laughs) I'm doing, you know, that sort of thing. And as I said, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's outsiders. It, it could be a faith based um, group that gets together and does this, planning and then they take it back to their own spouse or to their own family or to their advisor, I try to make the three steps practical. One, mm-hmm. filling curiosity, making people an educated consumer. If you don't know what's out there, you don't know what's right for you. Right. right. And then once you have an idea of what would make you do a plan that's wonderful
1: so you're you're uh, i think from the new york area originally so y- yes. you know what i'm going to say that the one of the ads when i was growing up was from this company size sims you know an educated consumer is my best customer so i think that's true especially in this area um and i i like your approach and i and i think it's it's something I, I mentioned in my navigator as well when when you're doing in this planning stage it can be overwhelming but there's no reason as part of a team that you can't designate people to like you know what you you check this out well i'll check this out these are all the options but you need to know what the options are <laughs> so that's why you sort of need a point person like you to to basically lay them out um so there are yeah, and I think that, that so much of the discussion has been about long-term care insurance, um, and that's just one of the options. I mean, the, the point is you need to come up with various solutions. And, um, you know, there are life insurance, as you mentioned, there are hybrids, there are annuities with riders, there are all sorts of stuff. Um, um, yeah, but so, some of
2: it isn't insurance at all. What mm-hmm. if um, people think that a reverse mortgage, for example, you have to be 62 years old, Right. you can take out a line of credit. You may never use it. But what if the stock market's down and you don't want to take money or more money out of 401k or your IRA or plain savings account? Like now, they're pe- finally paying something.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: you can tap into that and then it's it's a question of what is the best financial outcome if care is needed, either for a limited time, an extended time? In the book, one of the characters, his dad, is um, not wealthy and he would never be able to afford insurance, but he really objects to being on government pay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So they talk about a Medicaid compliant annuity to give him more bang for his buck so to speak as mm. i said you know there's there are advisors and specialists and that's why even if you just have a life insurance agent and you want to talk to him about it having a hybrid may not be feasible you may not pass the underwriting so what other solutions are there that can work for you. Um, Well, as you said, if you're, if you're not asking questions, if you haven't got this team together, they met once, once a month or once every other week on zoom. Mm -hmm. And someone was in charge of saying, okay, I don't know enough about these reverse mortgages because the new ones are called heckums. Right. And um, so I invited a guest. So you get the specialist, they get on, but first you have your questions. What does it do? What doesn't it do? Um, There's a big difference between uh, critical illness and long-term care riders. Okay, what's the difference? And which one do I need? So I think being able to ask questions it's not always you, Ron, asking the question. If you've got a little care planning team, somebody else may say, gee, I heard about this while I was playing tennis with someone. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you think? I, think? I think that might be one of the solutions I want to look at. So I asked them to ask their guy if he would join us. Um, NAFA does a lot of that where you can get another agent
1: I think that's really you know the team approach is critical because otherwise it becomes overwhelming you okay. know there are just so many options and I think yes so when you bring in other members there's potential friction if somebody says well I think this is a better solution but I think on balance having more input and having more collaboration you know is a is a much wiser approach so I, I think that, that this is really important um
2: well, you know, though it, what you just said, I, I have to say, um, over my longer career, when I heard those objections, it um, it helped me write the third book. Mm. Tell us about
1: it, that. Yeah,
2: it'll be out probably in, uh, late February, and it's it's how not to tear, or, well, pull, how not to pull your life apart, caregiving, mm. and. Because there's so many objections to talking about this, I took the objections and challenges and said, well, sure, they're going to say this. Did you think of responding like this? So it's, again, full of stories of actual people who said, well, when I said this, this was the response I got, and that ended our ability to talk about this. I think... My objective from my website, which is www.thecaringconversation.com, right? The whole objective was to get people to say, "So tell me about this." Um, I'm I'm researching, or you know, my parents are getting up there; they don't want to talk about what do I do. So mm-hmm. that's been. That's been my mission, and that's why there's a third book. Um, all of the books are available through my website. Mm-hmm, great. Through If you're an Amazon person. Okay. Barnes & Noble. So wherever you buy your books, as long as you have the title right. of any any one of them.
1: Right. And you could always search for your name. It's C-A-R-R-O-L-L. So yeah, people like
2: Bar Rolls. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and and they can get in touch with you. Is it uh, Carol at the caring conversation.com? Is that the best way to reach you?
2: It is. If they want, they could also do C uh, uh, Golden at NAFA.org. Uh, frankly, I'm happy to give my phone number. Okay. 817 709 6859. Okay.
1: Okay, so uh, people should know that on my website, com, they could click on the 45 Forward tab and you'll be people will be able to uh, listen to Carol's and my conversation as a podcast. And I'll have that contact information on there too, in case they missed it in the program. So uh, thank you so much, Carol, for a terrific show. Uh, once again, folks, I tell your friends, if they missed our conversation today, they can listen to it as a podcast. And VoiceAmerica.com search for my show 45 forward and as I said before uh, go to my website realwellresources.com and click on the 45 forward tab uh, so be sure to join me next Monday 12 noon Pacific 3 p.m. Eastern Time when I'll be talking with Asher Benowitz, who is a social worker who has spent almost three decades specializing in substance abuse and has developed a simple but as he says not easy treatment approach he calls the ABC method so you want to be hearing these ABCs. Until then, folks, keep moving forward. 45 Forward.
0: Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.